The following is a presentation from the Recycling Council of Alberta's 2020 webinar series, Advancing a Circular Economy, Policy Changes Across Canada. The RCA would like to thank our supporters for making this webinar possible, including the partner for this session, the Recycling Council of British Columbia, Platinum Sponsor, the Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation, and the sponsor of this session, Retrack Connect transforming the way government agencies manage and measure their waste and recycling programs. To learn more about their software, visit retrack.com, re-trac.com. In this segment, Bob McDonald from the British Columbia Ministry of Environment and Climate Change shares the province's leading approach to recycling regulations. On June 29th, British Columbia became the first province to announce extended producer responsibility requirements for single-use items and packaging-like products. BC's incoming regulation will take effect in 2023. All right, so um, in BC, and thank you for that intro, Harv, um, I'm not actually the director of the branch, I'm the director of the uh, extended producer responsibility section, but uh, Nonetheless, I'm within the environmental standards branch, and we've always said that uh, EPR is the, sort of the first pillar of the circular economy. Um, as the, the circular economy uh, momentum has started to build, we've, we've always said, you know, we've been at this for a while, so um, let's build on that. Anyway, this is the overview, overview that we have uh, for today. The, um, I do need to mention one fairly important issue is we're in the middle, midst of an election right now. So... Uh, we're serving this interregnum period where we have no government per se, uh, between reigns, if you will. Uh, and we're very uh, restricted in terms of what we can say and do, obviously. Um, but this was an initiative that was, um, that I'll be speaking to today, our intentions paper that was launched in September. So we're carrying on with that, but obviously we have no idea where that's going to go. It's going to be presented, the results will be presented to a new government. They might say run with it. They might say go that direction, whatever. But that is the context we're, we're working in. Um, and everything to do with EPR does fall into our Clean BC Actions Plan and all uh, action plan. So I'll, I'll speak to that in a moment as well. Um, and then I'll also speak to some recent changes we just had to the recycling regulation in BC uh, back in June. And then um, our intentions paper, as mentioned. With the uh, Plastics Action Plan, um, it does cover everything that uh, the ministry is doing in this area. In terms of the first item, the bans uh, and whatnot, certainly not the EPR section, but I can speak to it generally. Um, it's just announced that uh, we've given a handful of uh, local governments uh, approval on bylaws that are banning some single-use uh, packaging and plastics in particular. Um, we are developing legislation that allows those governments to uh, build and approve their own bylaws and pass their own bylaws. That is coming into, into place. Um, that, that's the plan anyway, as with our last administration. And then uh, we're also looking at uh, provincial bans, how that could be um, that legislation that would allow for that to ban single-use uh, packaging and plastics. All with the, the goal, obviously, to reduce uh, single-use plastics in landfills and waterways. Our third item here, expanding the, the plastic bottle and beverage can returns. I'll speak to that in a moment. And, and reducing plastics overall, just where we're going with this uh, as a ministry, as a, as a province. So the June 20 amendments, and I should mention, uh, we had an announcement planned for March 18th, which happened to be the day that the provincial state of emergency was announced. So for some reason that overtook our announcement and uh, we, <laughs> we had to shelve things for a little while. Um, but uh, 
we did pass uh, the regulation, the changes to the recycling regulation in June, and that uh, we didn't really even announce that till September when the, the dust settled on the uh, COVID issue. So uh, we did increase the deposit from <clears throat> a minimum of five cents to 10 cents. We allowed cashless uh, refunds, um, and we're planning to include milk under deposit as of uh, February 2022, and then um, adding single-use and packaging like products uh, to the regulation uh, in January 2023. And uh, by packaging like, single-use is pretty obviously packaging like are all those things that are really meant to be packaging, but they're sold as a product. So, for example, your your bag of uh, zippo <coughs> or zippered, I should say. Uh, sandwich bags, the box they come in is considered packaging, but the, the contents were considered product. We're including those things that are more or less, we feel are very much single use items. So we, our intentions paper that uh, I mentioned was launched September 12th. And um, we've had a one webinar on it now so already. So I do apologize to the BC folks who have been part of those webinars. This will be a bit of a repeat, uh, but we have two more coming up. So I uh, encourage your participation and comments um, in those. And it does run till uh, November 20th, our consultation period. So so the idea of the intentions paper obviously is to um, get the input regarding uh, different items that we would like to include under the regulation um, or other policy initiatives. But we started with a long laundry list. We still have a long, long laundry list. And uh, we just wanna, we boiled it down to sort of five areas I'll touch on. And uh, we want feedback on those, but other areas also that uh, folks might think are, are important or critical. And then the idea is to set, set a course for the next five years or multi-year strategy that will just allow us to start picking these off one by one, as opposed to just having a whole grab bag that uh, we'd like to get to all of them eventually, but we only have limited resources and we have different priorities. So um, the idea is to set the course for the next foreseeable future anyway. So the first one is mattresses, um, and that's mattresses and uh, foundations. It's not getting into other upholstered furniture. Um, and then we have moderately hazardous products, um, basically hazardous waste, uh, electrical and electrical products and batteries, and then packaging and paper products uh, beyond residential sources, AKA ICI packaging. I said it. Um, anyway, uh, and then lost fishing and aquaculture gear. So there's, um, each of these we find are, uh, there's quite a spectrum of how we can address these, but um, it's, it's uh, that, that's our hit list anyway. So for mattresses, um, you know, obviously an issue probably everywhere, um, made of recycled materials, they can, can be often landfilled. I remember in a previous life, I was a diesel engine heavy duty mechanic laying under a, a, heavy, a land compacting machine that uh, cutting the bed springs off the drive shaft and, it was not a pleasant job with all the maggots and whatnot that you'd find under a machine in a landfill. Um, but uh, so it's personal beef I have, so that's why we're doing it. Um, anyway, they can be and often are recycled, but uh, it's very inconsistent. And the amount of material recovered, types of material recovered are, are also very inconsistent. Um, high waste management costs and illegal dumping. Obviously, uh, I think Metro spent uh, somewhere $1.5 million for, to recycle 10,000 uh, illegally dumped mattresses in, in one year. Uh, and other local governments are faced with the same sort of issues. So there is a need to develop a, a consistent province-wide approach um, and ensure that uh, those, those materials do get recycled. So the residual product category, um, 
this is a, you know, we're doing a lot in this area already from paints and uh, blister products here, but um, there is a lot of consumer confusion as to what's accepted, what's not accepted. Sometimes like, you, know, you almost have to be a chemist sometimes to, as a consumer, to know if it's actually acceptable. You might think it's quite hazardous, but it might not meet the, the criteria that's um, set out in the regulation. So one of the things we're trying to do is simplify it for both uh, residents as well as um, collectors, those that are accepting the material. So it might, you know, we're looking for input on things like, you know, should we move to more of a symbol-based uh, system where, you know, there's, if it has two or three of these hazardous symbols, it's accepted or one of three or two out of three or whatever. So that's one of the issues we'd like to solve. There's some definite gaps in this, uh, in this area and there's high waste management costs and, and there's penalties if, if uh, uh, depots accept the, these materials and they aren't part of the, they aren't regulated. So um, it's, it's a real issue and we'd like to sort some things out. By, by things, I do mean, um, there's a bit of a hit list here. We've got all our compressed gas um, cylinders. We've got fire extinguishers, we've got syringes, uh, sharps, pest control products, pet medications, uh, the list goes on. Um, beaver spray, <laughs> bear spray, I should say, as well as um, you know, pool chemicals, things like that that cause landfill fires. It's a, it's a long list and we'd like to really simplify it in terms of what's accepted, what's not accepted and make it flexible going forward so that we can, products do come on the market that weren't envisioned, they'd naturally fall within the regulation or not. Uh, for the electronic and electrical products, uh, so a lot of these are already regulated similar to our residuals and there's a lot, you know, the programs operate well in BC, uh, various types of programs, but um, uh, we do have capacity for more but uh, again, there's a lot of gaps and a, a lot of um, confusion and, and a lot of um, inconsistency, even with competing producers as to my products under the regulation and I'm paying for it, yours isn't, but you know, we sell a competing product or similar type of product. So here are some of the examples of uh, things that have evolved since the regulation uh, was drafted for electronics. Um, and the list is just, as people can appreciate, just ever expanding. Um, one of the one of the big ones is uh, EV batteries. Um, that's a very costly and dangerous uh, uh, material to manage. A, a lot of those uh, vehicles at end of life, um, as they naturally expire or in accidents and are sent to wreckers, are basically being stockpiled. There's very little certification. Very very few people are certified to do it, and uh, it's it's it can kill you. So it's there's a lot of risks involved and, and the market's just expanding. BC has a real mandate to expand the EV market. So we wanna see those, those uh, products uh, managed more, more appropriately and solar panels. So it's basically feedback in all pr products with a, a plug, a cord or uh, a battery. So packaging and paper products, the ICI, this would be a first in North America if, uh, if we go forward with this in terms of EPR. We're not locked on EPR for, for this. Um, We've had uh, great success with the EPR for the uh, residential packaging and paper products, but um, and there's been a lot of investment. Uh, it's it's got a, quite a rough road to starting this uh, back in 2014, but it's really smoothed out and, and um, uh, it's it seems to be accelerating uh, as opposed to decelerating with the, the restriction on foreign markets and whatnot. Um, but it's 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 a smooth system that's working well on the residential side. We, we constantly hear um, whatever we do on this front, we, we definitely need to, as we did with residential, engage with key partners and stakeholders prior to launch. Um, I'll expand on that in a sec. So obviously ICI is very distinct from the residential. It's currently unregulated. 
Um, there's various subsectors and materials, sources of the, those materials. Um, some examples you can see there. But, it, you know, we currently under residential, we only cover uh, public spaces and residential, uh, traditional residential, as well as multifamily. So everything beyond that is basically unregulated. Through our Clean BC Actions Plan consultation and UBCM feedback, we got a lot of uh, feedback around the ICI packaging. And why don't you just put it under uh, under regulation and we'll just it'll be collected alongside uh, all the residential. Not quite that simple, um, but uh, definitely heard the demand for that. And uh, I've seen the a lot of mater those materials, the, the high cost of sorting and uh, whatnot, either generators have said, I'm out, I, I can't afford that. Or they bring it to local government and they say, well, we can't afford that. We don't have markets, we can't access those markets. So. There seems to be a, a need there. What we need, do need to do is um, explore that need and, and really really figure out where and how we, we, we tackle that. So mar marine debris, uh, lost gear. Uh, this is long lines, nets, uh, aquaculture gear, different sources. It's a pretty difficult area to tackle in terms of an EPR target. Um, it is part of a EU um, directive uh, to address it through EPR uh, in 2021 uh, for those member states. That, that'll be very interesting how they go about that. It's certainly on our radar. There was uh, a lot of uh, consultation that was done um, this year as well as some last year. And uh, there's, there's really very little that's being done or very little incentive to do anything. There, there have been some cleanup campaigns or some nonprofit organizations that are doing a lot to do the cleanup, but how do we actually tackle that in a more sustainable, holistic manner? That's a big question and um, uh, one that we, we'd like to get feedback on. So that does, those are five areas. I would say, you know, in terms of the span as to what BC is, is um, looking at, we've got sort of your easier, more predictable things that could be added to the regulation from mattresses to filling in gaps on the residuals and the electronics. Then we get into some areas that are a little broader, a little, uh, little more unknown or going to take a little longer to tackle and that's your ICI packaging as well as this category of marine debris. So we've got quite a spectrum that we're putting out for, for input and we're looking for your input on that. Thank you for listening to this 2020 webinar series podcast. Search for On the Cusp, Alberta's circular podcast on iTunes and Google Play for more from the RCA or visit recycle.ab.ca to see the full presentations.